Hello and welcome everybody to the Hundo Web3 Waffles. I'm Scott Ben Fraser and I'm very delighted today to be joined by Xander Sims, who is a creative technologist, co-founder of Digital Storytelling Inc., um, senior business development manager for Ozone Metaverse as well, amongst other things, um, honestly doing some absolutely fantastic and inspirational work um, in terms of what can happen with digital creative, the metaverse and the Web3. Absolute pleasure to have you on here, Xander. Uh, thank you for, for that warm intro. Absolutely. Um, it, it's a pleasure to be here. A longtime supporter of Hundo. You guys just keep innovating, which is, is amazing to watch uh, alongside, grow alongside another uh, pioneer uh, industry in the industry. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's great, great. Great to hear you say that as well. Um, I'd love just to dive straight in and just to find out, you know, for our listeners a bit about mm -hmm. your background, you know, your journey to where yeah. you got now and um, how you got into this space in the first place. Definitely. Um, so I guess uh, what, what, one of the most impactful things I think for anyone to understand my journey would probably be uh, my why. Uh, that, I, that I developed and I, I think I could best share that, you know, I, I have like a pitch, but which is essentially two words, four words, two, two things, imagination, innovation for one. And then for two, know thyself. I think those, those two, um, uh, uh, two word sayings both resonate deeply with my, you know, my why, but now for the story, I'll try to be brief. Um, so it was like my first job out of grad school. I was uh, uh, looking for work. Uh, my undergrad is in uh, music education and I just finished my master's in um, uh, arts management, entertainment production. And I found a job in uh, education in my hometown. And so I took that and I had the opportunity to work with uh, uh, you know, children with special needs. I was a paraprofessional on oh, the uh, autism spectrum and they were like nonverbal. Um, and there was this one particular kid that was really, really cool. He had this, uh, this uh, a device he would speak with that was about the size of probably like an iPad or so. And he could like speak with that, you know, he could say yes or, or no, or like he, he could kind of cuss with it. He, there was a donkey, he would say like ass, which was hilarious to me, you know, I was cracking up. Uh, and one time he even said like, I love you. So he had a special place, like, you know, it was really impactful. Um, and then I noticed like here in St. Louis, there's uh, really hot summers. And so uh, during recess, this, this device, like he had a strap, he wore, you know, on his neck and it, it would kind of limit his mobility and be uncomfortable, yeah. you know, so he, he could leave that on to like, you know, still be able to communicate or he could take it off and then he kind of is limited in his communication. So about that time, and, and he was one of the luckier kids. The other kids, they were speaking with, uh, they were using flashcards. You know, he was the only right. one with this device. Yeah, and this was not that long ago. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, yeah, we got an email for a technology acquisition grant. And I was like, hey, I bet there's some sort of software maybe we could get to, 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 to help with this. And uh, long, the only short, short there was, it was like a, a fraction of the price. It was like only $50. And it could be put on any kind of device, like a, a like an, iPad, an old iPad or an old iPhone, uh, an old iPod touch, like anything, you know. And so it was, yeah, for a fraction of the price. And, and everyone could use, all the kids could utilize it now instead of like the flashcards, they could just have a device that could speak and just, you know, um, augment and express themselves yeah, and find their voice. And so 
yeah, I was really excited that it, it, and that was the first time I had seen technology like firsthand really open up worlds of possibilities for, for, for humans, uh, for people. And um, I got really inspired because that's what I felt creativity had done for me. And yeah. so I, I, I pivoted a bit. Uh, I have, still have a deep love for education, but I pe- went to like marketing and social media marketing and helping brands find their voice. Uh, you know, through through creative marketing and content production. And then I, I did that for a long time. Uh, brands who's, uh, well, when it was started, it was just whatever work I could get, you know, and got yeah, results yeah. for them, referrals. And then it started to become uh, brands whose uh, message resonated with me because then I could truly put more of my, you know, my meaning and deeper meaning into uh, work. And that's, that's what gets me excited, you know, about about doing anything. Um, for longevity is, you know, it resonates with my, my, my yeah. message or, or helps others, you know, and then, uh, and then that kind of led me to uh, path in nonprofit organizations and helping underserved and underprivileged voices uh, with resources and using content and storytelling to, you yeah. know, better uh, just make the resources available because like with the technology, um, for my buddy, you know, that was not um, a nonverbal, a lot of it is the, the, the resources and uh, the, the tools are there, but people don't know about them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the storytelling helps just connect technology to, to your everyday life to solve, uh, to, to, to bring solutions that are probably there, but people just don't know about them. Um, and that's kind of what, uh, with building community and Web3, one of the things that really gets me excited is that we can there's a much faster rate of sharing of ideas and resources and, and that sort of thing so after the nonprofit work with the underrepresented voices i wanted to journey a bit more into working with larger brands and kind of uh, connect my passion for um i would say uh branding you know a little bit more branding and innovation nonprofits yeah. Uh, not to hate on them, they're very important because they want to be careful with the money and investors, but usually they're not the fastest to adopt new technology. Um, and so I went to a little bit more of the marketing realm and that land, landed me with this incredible uh, agency out of Houston, Texas, where I got to do work with some um, space space-related programs like NASA and uh, Institute of Competition Sciences and uh, do some stuff that uh, really united those passions of, you know, helping people and technology with my love for science fiction and yeah. space and, and fantasy and stuff. So uh, after that, after that contract uh, ended, uh, I, uh, I was, I was on the search for the kind of next technical, bubble or wave that I could continue my commercial endeavors and my, you know, personal kind of, uh, interest, you know, like I mentioned. And, uh, then that's when I discovered, uh, around that time, I discovered the metaverse and, uh, you know, NFT technology through people, um, and a few other innovative, uh, like Chris Kim, and, um, people who had some incredible sales artists, I mean, who, who had kind of used the technology to create digital assets and sales. And, um, you know, I just started exploring the, the field through uh, LinkedIn and creating content through my natural curiosity. <laughs> That's my Discord, sorry. Um, yeah, it's quite right. My, yeah, through my natural curiosity and the community was very embracive. And, uh, you know, I just kept exploring uh, possibilities and exploring collabor- collaborative models and bringing my skill set to the table and just learning, you know, and that it's pretty much been my everyday for for the last year i mean that's phenomenal phenomenal i love the fact that it came from 
I love the fact that you were inspired and it came down this route because it was about helping someone find a voice. And I think there's, there's something deeply, uh, deeply impressive about that because it's, it's a, it could tell it's something that's actually a mission for you, and then to bring people that voice, and then to take that into your work, into how you're, into what you're doing day to day, which I think is you know really inspiring um, to come down that route. And I guess when you are working with um, the, the the bigger brands, mm-hmm. you know, how are you seeing that you know the videos that you're creating, the content that you're creating, the metaverses you're creating. You know, how do you think that's changing um, the way brands are connecting with audiences um, and the way that, that we're starting to act, they're actually starting to find those voices? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think it's a really cool exploration. Uh, you know, sometimes it'll be smaller uh, services for for brands like merely conceptual work or something like that. But what, what really gets um, gets me excited is when the brand takes a little bit more comprehensive approach and I get to do a little bit of more strategy, uh, strategy as well as the production. And basically it always comes down to, you know, whatever, because the platforms will continue to change and evolve always, you know, there's going to be new technology. The brand has to stay uh, true to its itself. You know, it's an evolution or expansion of its ideas, not some entirely new uh, ideation of it, I think. Uh, so know thyself again. That's like what yeah. I what I try to get the brands to imagine. Like what do you, what outcome do you want to achieve from this? You know, is yeah. is it simply being relevant, um, uh, getting more followers, a new vertical? Do you want to start touching base with community so down the line, you know, you can enter in an authentic way? You know, do you want to support um, and and really adhere to some of the the missions of Web three like uh, community and collaboration in the creators economy? You know, or do you just want to make some money off the NFTs right now? You know, it's it's it, it all just comes down, I think, to you know what they what they want to do, and I think by doing that, they can enter the conversation and connect to the community uh, in in a more authentic way. You know, because they're gonna eventually like. I think I think we have a really good sense of figuring out like when someone's authentic and just wants to sell us or if they want to support yeah. us or whatever. So I think that even if you if you are sales and you know that's your company, just be authentic and um, with your approach. And I think people it will resonate with people. You know, are the saying real recognizes real basically. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think people are becoming more and more savvy and, and can see through sales techniques. I think you also touched on their community, you know, community within Web3, obviously critically important and arguably always has been important if you're trying to build a brand. I mean, what is a brand if it's not actually just a community of people that connect with you um, as an as a, as a company, an audience, whoever it might be. Um, do you see the, the brands that you're working with, do you see them starting to empower their communities to have a voice as well? You know, so do you see that two-way channel coming uh, becoming more part of what happens on the brand side hmm hmm um i i i think so uh except well the 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 smaller brands i get to work with yes because you know sometimes in the engine you just create something you might not see it for you know it might not be released for a year or two years so you don't get to see the direct impact do you see the sense that brands are starting to really empower their their community to have a voice and for them to communicate back to the brands and for that to become more of a two-way uh, right um in some very much so uh in some of the brands some most of my favorite brands i, I, 
actually that's what they do like yeah. uh ones that adapt really quickly and take customer feedback like the peer-to-peer economy i think yeah. get uh, a disproportionate amount of, of of the market shares yeah um, i can think of a key let me think I'm trying to think of ones i can talk about uh, but a, a brand like um actually i'll give you an, a suggestion of this, this influencer uh this influencer or oh, let's go with uh beyonce and um uh lizzo they yeah. both had a similar situation where they're they're um they use an offensive word in their songs like not offensive here in the states but you know, offensive in other places and their communities kind of voice up about it and they both yeah. like remove change their song and remove the removed it and uh you know, I think that was spoke value about the community and, you know, and we get uh, kind of talk a lot about cancel culture, but I think there's also a part of it that it gives the, it shines light on the, uh, the brain. It gives them an opportunity to react, you know, yeah. uh, in, in real time. And I think those brands and, and, and people that can do that will, again, like have a, a disproportionate share of the market and, and build definite long time for value because uh, we can't always predict uh, what, is going to happen uh, with uh, the audiences. Some things that may have been okay five years ago may become, you know, taboo, or yeah. we may have made a mistake uh, because we didn't look in some some uh, other country of what the word may meant, you know, and, and yeah. just how you were to those. I think is a community is real time and evolving. It's not like we built a community, we're good, you know. Yeah. You have to continue to build that, just like you have to continue just disrupt you can't like do one thing and hey we did that you know five years ago and and live off of those um accomplishments absolutely i still agree i mean a community is fundamentally it's just a relationship isn't it it's a real and that takes time mm-hmm. that evolves that changes new people come into it the change the, the market changes what people expect changes so that dialogue is, is really really important um, going back to the actual creative art as well, I mean, how do you see 3D and AR design sort of changing the future of art? You know, uh, that's, 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 that's so incredible. I think it's, it's going to change, uh, man, I think it's going to change everything, yeah. um, as far as a new, a new, uh, a new platform, a new level of experience, um, uh, because, uh, well, for one, 3D is a, a lot more lightweight, uh, for yeah. instance, like a 3D file, like a JLB or a GLB, excuse me, <laughs> a GLB or an OBJ or a GLTF or whatever kind of files. Those are usually a lot more lightweight um, than a MOV, you know, like a regular movie file. For instance, like a minute in 4K video footage um, can be like a gigabyte or more, you know as opposed to uh, one 3D file of like an avatar can be like uh, five megabytes or something like that. Like, so it's tremendous how much lightweight, um, how much more lightweight that the file types are uh, in the worlds, um, which I think, you know, with other evolving technology, like when we get 5G and other things like that, um, it'll be even more impressive to shoot worlds like, you know, entire experiences that are gigabytes and are heavier for now, but will they transfer those files um, a lot a lot faster? And then, of course, the uh, immersion and the pipeline into the metaverse. Um, so, like, of course, I cannot go without mentioning this, but the, the development of AI um, uh, creator, creating platforms like uh, uh, Dolly and Midjourney. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely insane. Like, I can't even believe we're living in this the era where this has been released. Like, it's probably the most impressive tool, creative tool I, I've ever uh, experienced. I feel like there's the timeline before these things release and then after. And we're never going to, like, we're going to, there's going to be a strong distinction there. Uh, yeah, and then taking those those items uh, and creating 3D, uh, 3D experiences from them now is also possible through some beta software I've seen. I haven't done it myself, but some of the other guys, like techie guys I, I, I watch and take influence for have, and like the results are astounding. So uh, I think one of my friends said like, for the creative process has gone quantum, uh, which I thought was a beautiful, I think it was Jackie Roach, but I think it was a beautiful quote. Cause I'm like, what? The speed of thought, creation at the speed of thought has always been something I've aspired to as a as a generalist and a lot of um creatively you know i have a lot of different fields that i i try to achieve mastery in, but not mastery of the software you know mastery of the creative expression yeah. and utilizing resources there and so that's you know been my thing and and with this <laughs> with these new technologies it's i think the time has really arrived where not just the masterful artists and technologists can do it but everyone can you know trans translate their thoughts into uh vis beautiful visual images uh and, and designs absolutely i was going to ask about ai next actually because i've been very similar to you i've seen you post about it but i've been using midjourney a lot and it's absolutely yeah. blown my mind you know in terms of <laughs> what you can do with it and i know that this, this these types of tools have been around for a while but as you yeah, i think you're right we're at the cusp now where you can produce amazing pieces of work and let your imagination go crazy and then the AI complements it. And it, it opens up all sorts of interesting debates about where the artist ends and the computer starts. And I don't know, I'm almost at the viewpoint that it doesn't really matter. It's just a tool. It's like, where does the artist end and the paintbrush end start? It doesn't really matter. It's mm. just a tool. Um, and the, I almost feel like we're just at the start of what AI can do. As you say, if you start mixing that with the metaverse and the 3D, well, what if you can do 3D? AI can produce 3D art as well, and you can start to mix the two together. Um, absolutely mind-blown with the potential of what could be happening just in the next few years, let alone in 10 years. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Beautifully said. Completely agree. <laughs> I mean, on that, are you working on any exciting projects that you can share at the moment? Definitely. Um, I, I uh, you know, the, the continued work with Ozone uh, Metaverse, yeah. they're doing some really cool things with their land sales, uh, 3D NFT marketplace and Metaverse on the Flow blockchain, who, uh, you know, they just like signed the NF, uh, NFL and, uh, yeah. with Dapper Labs and they're doing some cool things. So uh, it's always cool to keep a pace on what, what Ozone is doing. And then yesterday, um, I also announced a metaverse experience i'm building with uh, cavernous yeah. it's a really cool experience uh, collaborative uh, kind of uh, metaverse mosaic experience um just stay tuned for that i'll be releasing more about it but it's really um important to me as a creator and, and to explore a lot of the themes we've talked about so far um uh in in, in, in real time in art is uh, super exciting and I, I literally cannot wait to share this experience with my my just everyone dude I, I think it's i think it's really cool and inclusive and in brand new ways uh, of uh, identity formation yeah. uh, while respecting the identities of others and and the visuals are going to be insane um you know e while even while working on this project the the me incorporating uh mid-journey um ai completely like 
just catapulted my uh, creative vision and uh, ability to visualize concepts and then like refine them even like not just a sketch. Okay. All right. That's, that one's good. Like to get, to get the thought thoughts out and create like these mood boards and then create, you know, films or uh, motion design and combine uh, uh, multi multiple disciplines with that incorporate into the workflow. It's just like, wow. I'm so like, I like, I know I just keep saying it's all in wonder, but it's like literally um, gratitude, all in wonder that this, this tool uh, is even available for us. Um, and, and yeah, so that, and then um, what else? Uh, some of my collaborations in that on this project are also like incredible. Um, I'm, there's this group uh, magic EDXG, which is <laughs> there's four of us in the group. Uh, uh, Eve, Diego, um, myself, and uh, 3D artist. Um, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Really. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. uh, 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 he's an incredible talented 3D artist, Gabriel. Uh, yeah, Gabriel. Uh, yeah, Gabriel. Uh, he's an incredible 3D artist. But that team, like, we're at its experimental collective and putting out some incredible things. Um, and they're involved in the project. Uh, and then there's this. Um, uh, really talented digital artist, 3D artist called uh, Haiti Art from Nigeria. Um, she's, she's super talented. And then there's uh, Siddharth. He's from New Delhi, uh, India. And um, then Eve's from Amsterdam. Diego's from, uh, he's from Tijuana. And I think Gabriel's from Switzerland. So it's, it's a pretty like global kind of, collaborative model and that's by design uh cavernous was really supportive in uh the vision to create like a, a diverse uh experience with all kinds of creators and then creators from all over the world uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about those two projects and uh then after like today i'll be releasing this is uh this this project called uh, free energy um it's a uh, design um with ai and afrofuturism uh okay. digital fashion design um, I've really like been keen on digital fashion for a long time and uh, in a collaborative way because I'm not the strongest modeler, you know, uh, I work with the models and can uh, manipulate all kinds of the file types, but the modeling is not something I've been incredible at. However, like I mentioned through uh, mid journey uh, and, and um, I've been able to like really get a visualization on the designs and I'm working on the 2D to 3D pipeline. And then the 3D to, to you know taking them live and just incorporating the designs on avatars, um, maybe even eventually down the line, um, getting some pieces made uh, a digital model. You know, getting them made IRL would be really exciting. Oh, wow. Some of my yeah, some some of my friends from uh, uh, the Nessa Dress project, the uh, blind fashion designer Natalie Travon and Ernest uh, Spicer are working on. Uh, some of that for the New York fashion show, I think, uh, which is really exciting too. I'm always inspired by the work they're doing with inclusion and, uh, and, and, and fashion design. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I'm really, I'm really intrigued by the, that interplay between digital fashion, digital art, and then how that starts to bleed back into the real world. Um, because digital, I think it helps 
digital web three, the metaverse, I think, as you said, all those different tools and helping people find the voice is really starting to break down those barriers of entry to, to creatives. And as we say, some of the tools that does come out even more recently means that even, even those that haven't learned necessarily the complex tools can start getting access. And I think that's going to be amazing because we're going to start seeing voices from all over the world, from very different backgrounds who we wouldn't have traditionally seen before, starting to find a voice digitally. And seeing that then come back into the real world, I think is going to be phenomenal. You know, So when digital starts really impacting the real world again, um, we're going to see some really inspiring things because just because of that diversity in terms of the different mindsets that are coming in from around the world from different backgrounds, uh, I'm really excited to see what can happen with it. Definitely, Scott. And it's kind of like the, the Medici effect, you know, also yeah. the, the combination of those uh, voices, you know, like those those voices who may not have been able to collaborate, you know, previously, but now they can and you can bring them together and create these magnificent new, new cre you know, voices and vibrations and forms of expression as well. So it's, that's super cool. Uh, and where are you from, Scott, actually, now that I think about it? I currently live in London, but I'm originally from a small town up in Northern England called Blackpool. So. Oh, cool. Called what? Blackpool. Oh, okay, okay. I was just studying a bunch of black holes uh, for this project, <laughs> formation and what they are. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, you could describe it as a black hole. It's very different. To <laughs> it does tend to suck people in and you can't get out again, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's one of those small places. Um, yeah, originally from there, down down here. Um, cool. Uh, moved around a fair bit in my life, but normally around the UK. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, fascinating that you're looking into black holes as well. I mean, that's a, a very, very different subject matter. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I mentioned, I've just always been intrigued by space yeah. because it's like endless imagination. Like all the, even every question that's answered unlocks more and, you know, yeah. I do a lot of thought exercises with outer space uh, for my work. Um, kind of like, I, I got some of that from lately from, well, I've been doing it for a long time, but I also was really, uh, really surprised that a lot of artists have incorporated those kinds of ideas. Like uh, I was looking into fractals and yeah. uh, astrophysicists talking about fractals and how like they kept being this reference of Bob Ross and his right. like basically pattern and how it's like, they try to be the fractal for science and stuff, the Bob Ross for science, because he made it so accessible to everyone. Uh, I thought that was super intriguing. Um, you know, <laughs> definitely. Absolutely. That's, yeah. I, I remember being fascinated by fractals when I was a kid because it was, it blew my mind that you could keep zooming in forever effectively. But then when you started unpicking actually what was going on and look at the math behind it, it opens up this whole new world of, you know, interest. Um, you mentioned you're a big sci-fi fan as well. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't help when working in the Vetiverse not to take inspiration from sci-fi. I think it's yeah, uh, very hard not to. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, uh, what's something sci-fi I've been really influenced by? Uh, of course, 2001, uh, Space Odyssey, yeah. Stanley Kubrick, like the first Amazing movie. Uh, yeah. 15 minutes of that film. Uh, Lex Feldman's podcast or Friedman, uh, Friedman, uh, I think I forgot how you say his last name. Friedman, I think, uh, has been really intriguing. He has some really incredible minds on there. Um, oh, from yeah, yeah, I've been really like listening to these guys, astrophysicists, um, AI technology, and art 
artists on there. Like he has a lot of people on there. Uh, really intellectual. He's like an AI. It's called the AI podcast or the artificial intelligence podcast, I think, actually. Right. <laughs> so it's, I've been pretty keen on that lately. Um, yeah, but yeah, science fiction films, definitely. Like uh, Interstellar. Uh, really excited for Avatar 2 coming up this the end of, of this course, year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Super Bowl. Uh, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think uh, Black Panther two is coming out this year as well. Oh, uh, is it? I didn't realize it was. Yeah. Yeah, it might be next year. But I saw the. Tra- I've been watching the trailer a lot. I'm not oh, sure. Cool. I think there's a, there's a lot of parallels. It, you mentioned all those movies. There's a lot of parallels between what the types of stories science fiction has been trying to tell for many, many years, which is actually taking the concepts and trying to extrapolate them out into, you know, wonderful, creative, possible futures, which I always find fascinating. But then also what you're doing with your videos and what you're doing with the metaverses you're creating in those spaces, you're doing very similar things. It's like, actually, let's take an idea, let's extrapolate it out, let's explore it, let's see what happens when you push it that little bit further. Um, I think it, it's interesting. You can see that inspiration from whether directly or indirectly from that kind of thought process, even if it isn't directly inspired by a particular movie. Amazing. Thank you, dude. That's, uh, I, I, I like the observation. That's, that's completely true. Completely true. Um, I, yeah, I grew up with my family. We, we, uh, we went to the theater a lot, like watch movies a lot and stuff like that. Um, we didn't really have a lot of these like ex- extravagant vacations and stuff, but we always, you know, could do, you know, things like that. And, I, and then kind of hated it sometimes as a kid, but we have these like in-depth analysis about the film and its philosophical meanings and implications, you know, for us and our family in the real world and how it maybe even aligns to the spiritual world. Uh, we, you know, my family parents were really religious and pastors and stuff so i would sometimes you know not like that but uh i think it kind of uh, expanded the the process and, and got my mind to be very analytical about um, about films and enjoy them yeah. a lot you know um but uh yeah yeah i think the science fiction genre in general helps to push the human psyche and like a lot of the things that we're we're, we're doing to to imagine space for imagining you know like i think with that was one of my favorite things about the success of Black Panther, I think, was the film, you know, was because a lot of that, uh, the visuals were not explored on the mainstream, you know, and Afrofuturism and aspects of that had not really been explored. So there's all this like brand new space in the cinemas, the audience's imagination to see these things. Um, and I think we saw, you know, similar things through, throughout more films, but, um, that's yeah, like you said, and thank you for noticing that. Uh, but in the, in the in my work, I try to do that. And then um, funny, funny, funny. But I uh, just wanted to mention Blockbuster real quick here. I spent like yeah. like when in college and undergrad. That's where I spent a lot of my. I worked there. Uh, I spent right. a lot of my time pre-streaming. That was like the best place to get content. And, Absolutely, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I got free rental movies and stuff. So it was like super super cool uh, at college at the time. I was like, movie and video game plug uh but i got to do a lot of research you know into the stuff i was studying music and then like really working in film which i loved and never kind of got in the industry the, the big like the mainstream industry but like from an independent creator standpoint yeah. i've been approaching that way you know um and uh so with the uh, emergence of the metaverse and that sort of thing it's just beautiful to me and i always also hope to be like a good uh 
good model of what it can do, you know, for other yeah. creators or actors, creators who just have this burning desire to express uh, themselves and, and, and connect to community and, and uh, utilize their talents and then be celebrated. Cause you know, I think that makes you feel alive to, to, to needs of the spirit to contribute um, and be celebrated. So that's like what my goal. So thank you dude for uh, your analysis of my work. That's like super, um, what's the word here? Uh, inspiring. You know, I try not to listen to too much feedback, good or bad, but when someone's like, oh, your messaging is clear, then I'm like, oh, there we go. <laughs> you know, that's that's pivotal. So thank you. Oh, no, you're welcome. It's a fantastic work. Um, you just sent me down a slightly reminiscent about going on a Friday night to the video store. Um, I miss I miss <laughs> Blockbuster and that journey. I'm feeling quite nostalgic now, the thoughts of that. Yeah, um, something quite special about spending some time choosing a video, maybe watching it a couple of times over the weekend because you had the chance and then kind of tearing it apart. It's uh, don't get so me wrong, Netflix is great. Yeah, I have a question, Scott. So, because I was thinking about it, I started collecting like the uh, I don't know if I have any handy, but like the uh, the artwork, you know, like when you're going through the movies oh, yeah. and they're like the, the artworks and, um, on all the backing cards and the and the movies, uh, movie cases, which, yeah. you know, really, I guess we get the posters on Netflix and stuff, the streaming services. But I was thinking like how much that influenced my uh, artwork because I've memorized these. Yeah. And when everyone's going down, like, you know, you look at the art and then you kind of pick it up, maybe read the back if you haven't already heard of the movie. And I just thought that was an interesting kind of like connection, that backing card and the cover art. I mean, that I don't know about you, but those those pieces of art just on the videos themselves uh, had a massive impact on me because I made most of my decisions about what to watch based entirely on what that looked like. You know, if I'd heard the movie, obviously, or if I'd heard something about it, obviously, you know, I'd pick it up. But if not, I'd be like, oh, that looks like an amazing cover. You know, it's really interesting. And then you get it home and it'd be a really cheesy knockoff Star Wars movie. But I'd still, I'd still enjoy it. But, you know, but it'd be, it'd be yeah, that, yeah. that cover that kind of drew you in in the first place. Yeah, yeah, 100%. A different kind of communication. Absolutely, there's a, there's a storytelling in the, in those covers that I guess somewhat lost because you know in in the world of video streaming where everything's being optimized to try and get you to click and you know Netflix will have twenty different images and then they'll show yeah. you a different one depending on your personality that type of thing. I think. Oh right, that's lost. crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I didn't realize that, but yeah, the thumbnail and that kind of thing. It's it's very impactful for videos. Maybe there'll always be that connection. <laughs> you know the yeah. cover art thumbnail to the uh, the content that's really interesting absolutely absolutely i think there's still a place for it though there is still a place for that artwork that accompanies that accompanies movies it'd be interesting to see how that starts to translate into what happens within the metaverse and what how we start to present these things outside of the metaverse what does it look like and how we communicate those narratives to people like we used to do with movies yeah but thank you very much. So we're, we're nearly on the hour. So thank you. Thank you very much, Xander. Uh, absolutely great to talk to you today. Um, really enjoyed the conversation. Can't wait to see these new projects that you've talked about. Um, really excited to see them. Um, but thank you very much for joining um, the Web3 Waffles from Hundo today. Um, if anyone wants to check out more. Thank you. Anyone wants to check out anything else from Hundo, just check us out on hundo.xyz. Thank you very much.